You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. We talked in our last episode about perseverance. I quoted Calvin Coolidge, who said that persistence is omnipotent, that you need to keep going. That's what makes the difference between success and failure. Now, we need to tease this out a little bit more because it isn't quite that simple. On the one hand, you have research from the Business School of the University of Madrid that says that persistence or perseverance, whatever word you want to pick, pays off. This research shows that people who fail in business five or more times and keep going are likely to be the most successful. They're the findings. On the other hand, you have people who keep banging their heads against a brick wall, hoping for the pain to go away as they pour all of their energy into a failing business. Another point, somebody mentioned to me after last week's podcast that persistence is not going to bring about success if you have absolutely no talent at all, or you haven't got a proper idea about what you're doing, or your idea is a bad idea, say from a business point of view. I want to deal with all of these things because clearly there's no merit in anybody saying to you, it doesn't matter what you're doing, just keep at it and you'll be a success. That's not how the world actually works. Indeed, in that regard, What they're actually saying to you is, will you keep struggling? Will you keep pushing? Will you keep every time you fall down, picking up and getting going again? That's what they're saying to you. Whereas if you go back over all of the installments in this podcast, you will hear repeatedly the word effortless being spoken or effortlessness being spoken by me. So we need to tease this out a little bit because I can come at it another way. There are a number of people many people with whom I've worked over the last 27 years, who fit into the category of banging their head against that stone wall that I mentioned a moment ago. People who have created businesses that are going nowhere and will never go anywhere because the fundamentals of the business are not right. And the problem these people have is that the business was their creation, their baby, if you like, and they don't want to wave their baby goodbye. And you have to enable these people, or at least in conversations, I have to facilitate people understanding that eventually you get to the point where you've got to move on, but not move on from the perspective of doing the same thing all over again. Move on on the basis that what you've done up to now is not going to move you forward. Indeed, you'll have heard me say before that what got you to where you are isn't going to get you to where you want to go. And we need to bring that into this equation as well. But there are a couple of fundamental guidelines that I want to give you that are like a guide to knowing that you're doing the right thing and that you're moving in the right direction. There are really only two key points here. One of them is belief. 
and the other one is synchronicity. Let's talk about belief, first of all, because I reckon that persistence isn't omnipotent. I reckon belief is actually what is really and truly omnipotent. Uh, in other words, all-powerful, because our beliefs exert an enormous power over us, regardless of what our beliefs are. So let's go back to the basics that we've talked about before. In the Western world, most people were educated to believe that you can't have a really great time in this life because you'd be storing up difficulties for you for the next life. I'm being slightly flippant or even slightly dismissive of that. But effectively, what I'm saying is the same thing that a number of people have said to me over the years. Do you think I actually deserve success? Do you think I deserve to be happy? Do you think I'm worth now, these are beliefs that are built into us and shared. Most people in the Western world will share largely similar beliefs. So, you know, whilst, for example, you will have personal beliefs about your own capabilities and your own inadequacies, and I will have mine, they are very personal beliefs related just to you, your experience of life, or what you think of as your experience of life, which is an entirely different thing, as we've explored before. And you and I will share beliefs deeper down. So, for example, Irish people will share certain beliefs, generally speaking. British people will share certain beliefs, generally speaking. German people, French people, Italian people, Americans. There are cultural beliefs. There are nationalistic beliefs. That's what gets a lot of people into trouble and has done over the centuries and the millennia. There are religious beliefs, there are socioeconomic beliefs, there are, you name it, there are beliefs that we share kind of a more fundamental level than just the beliefs I have in relation to my own perceived adequacies or inadequacies. And those beliefs dictate your experience of life. Every belief that you have in what psychology calls your stored knowledge, in other words, your library of beliefs, dictate your life. You might believe you are undeserving, as I said a couple of minutes ago. So it doesn't matter what goals you ultimately set yourself in the way in which normal crazy people will set their goals and objectives for this year or for their life or whatever. It doesn't matter what goals you set yourself. If you have a fundamental belief that you are undeserving, you're always going to trip yourself up in exactly the same way as if you have a fundamental belief that every time you open your mouth in public, you make a fool of yourself because of something that happened to you when you were a child. It doesn't matter what effective presentation skills courses you go on. You're still going to get up and make a fool of yourself when you open your mouth in front of people, because it is a belief that you are carrying around with you. It is one of those beliefs that I alluded to a minute ago, you know, one's perceived inadequacies, and we all have them. Nobody believes that they are perfect. I sincerely hope nobody believes that they are perfect because we are all works in progress as we move forward on this wonderful adventure of discovering the life that is best for you effortlessly. There's that word again. But I said a minute ago, belief is omnipotent and all-powerful. All and then I went on to explain that your beliefs are dictating your life. You can give yourself new beliefs and you can develop your ability to stop paying attention to the thoughts that come from the beliefs that you have about your own inadequacies. Or should I say again, perceived 
inadequacies. We've talked before about how, as we develop as children, we take what are known as psychological snapshots that are, in effect, our beliefs. Psychological snapshots of things that make us feel about ourselves, feel good or bad about ourselves. Normally, unfortunately, we are more inclined to take the negative psychological snapshots. So as children growing up, and particularly young children, we have taken psychological snapshots that make us feel bad about ourselves that play out in later life because they are our beliefs about who we are and what we can do and what we can't do. Our subconscious mind pays attention to those beliefs every day. Because every day, even though it is a new day that we have never lived before, is a day that will be made similar by the way in which our normal mind works. Because the similarity will enable us make it through the day without paying attention to the difference of today versus any other day. In other words, using a faculty known as categorization in our subconscious mind, we will take today's unique events and put them into pigeonholes that give us a similarity to an experience that we had when we learned about ourselves when we were young and impressionable. So we can play out that learning that we learned when we were young and impressionable today to enable us to make it through the day. And that's why I said a couple of minutes ago, if something happened to you as a child that made you feel awkward or uncomfortable standing up in front of people, say, singing your party piece or, you know, standing on stage in the school play and people started laughing at you and you took a psychological snapshot of how bad that felt. If you're carrying around those kind of impressions, because that's all they are, about yourself, then in later life, if you stand up to make a speech, your categorization process or faculty will take the experience that you're actually having now, put it in a pigeonhole, the pigeonhole that was created when you took the psychological snapshot of people laughing at you when you were singing your party piece. And we'll use those beliefs that were formed as a result of the psychological snapshot that you took when you were young and impressionable to enable you make it through the challenge of standing up in front of people to make a speech now, many years later. Clearly, you're going to fumble. Clearly, you're going to stumble. Clearly, you're going to crawl your way through and make it through the day. Because you must remember that our subconscious minds and our subcortical brain developed in such a way to ensure that we survive. At the risk of repeating myself, because I've said this many times before, the brain that evolution gave you, in other words, the brain that nature intended for you, is not designed to enable you achieve your goals and objectives. It's not designed to enable you enjoy your life. It is designed to enable you survive what you think of as your life. Let that sink in for a minute. If there were no other reason in the world to start meditating and changing the structure of your subcortical brain, I've just given you one. Let that sink in for a minute. And let's come back to where we started this conversation in relation to persistence, belief, and synchronicity. As I said, somebody pointed out to me after last week's podcast, you could be absolutely untalented and all the persistence in the world will not enable you succeed. Say if you want to be a ballet dancer and you're 27 stone in weight, 
I don't know what that is in kilos, and you have two left feet and you have no balance, going to ballet class every night, persisting at it, even though you keep falling on your face or when you throw yourself up in the air to be caught by another ballet dancer, you flatten them, it's not going to work. Clearly, that is an example of misplaced persistence. But then at the same time, I said to you, right at the beginning of today's podcast, that the University of Madrid's business school says that people who fail and keep trying in business are the ones who are most successful. That's because they have a belief that they will succeed and it isn't predicated on a particular body shape or a particular age or a particular set of physical skills. It is based on a psychological snapshot that they have given themselves of what it will feel like when they succeed in business. And once you've given yourself one of those psychological snapshots, in other words, once you have given yourself a new belief, your subconscious mind is going to start categorizing today's novel events according to the new belief that you have given yourself rather than continually trying to shove today's square pegs into the round holes that were created as a result of your formative psychological snapshots when you were young and impressionable. In other words, you've given yourself a new belief. Our challenge as people who want to succeed in life, as people who want to live our best lives, as people who want the best out of life, is to find the balance in our minds, the balance you're looking for is between your two ears, to find the balance in our lives between taking our attention away from the beliefs that we have held since we were young and impressionable, the largely negative beliefs about ourselves, whilst ensuring that our attention is still subconsciously directed towards the outcomes that we have set our mind to as a result of giving ourselves new psychological snapshots, all the while ensuring that I turn up to the only place in time where I can live my life to the full, which is the here and now. Now, you might say to yourself, oh, my God, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you said the process that I teach people is a simple process for complicated people. And as I corrected the individual who said that to me at the time, no, it's a simple process for simple people who think they're complicated. You might say to yourself, hold on, I've really complicated things here. No, 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 I have not. In the same way as people often say to me as they develop a clarity of mind through meditation, now, what do I have to do to plan for my business success or my career success? Or what do I have to do to plan the steps I need to go through to become fit or to lose weight? Or what do I need to do now, when you hear this one, to plan to fall in love or to 
encounter someone with whom I can have a wonderful relationship, as if relationships actually happen that way. People tie themselves in knot by throwing their thinking minds forward into what if this, what if that, what if the other, and what am I going to have to do, or how am I going to have to behave myself, or what milestones do I need to achieve over the next X number of years before I actually get to my goal or my objective. That's all stuff that comes from the thinking mind. And if you're worrying or wondering about anything that you need to do with regard to achieving your goals and objectives as a result of what I said a few minutes ago, forget it. All we need to concern ourselves with is turning up to the here and now. Because when we turn up to the here and now, the subcortical brain will look after the rest. Full stop. You don't need to worry about what you're going to do tomorrow or how you're going to do it. You don't need to concern yourself with what you'll say to somebody who you're meeting next week, because next week isn't now. You don't need to plan for the future. You need to take action today. Yes, because it is the action in the here and now that leads to the next here and now and so on and so forth. In other words, we create our future by how we behave ourselves and how we turn up in the here and now. And that's all you need to concern yourself with. In other words, you need to meditate. Again, at the risk of repeating myself, you need to meditate. Because meditation engages the attentional spotlight what is otherwise known as the seat of consciousness in the brain or the central executive in the brain. In other words, the bit of the brain that enables the rest of the brain do what it does best without our thinking minds muddying the waters. Meditation turns on your attentional spotlight in the left prefrontal cortex of the brain. Regular meditation restructures the neural pathways in the attentional spotlight in the left prefrontal cortex of the brain. But the left prefrontal cortex of the brain, or the attentional spotlight, or the central executive, or whatever you want to call it, is simply the conductor of the orchestra. When you're using your mind normally, the component parts of your subcortical brain can't hear each other for screeching over each other. They're totally uncoordinated. They're totally perplexed by the noise coming from your thinking mind. They are like violins and trumpets and cellos and double basses and all that kind of stuff in an orchestra pit. They are all tuning themselves up individually every day and they're playing totally discordant notes. There's no music coming from that part of the brain at all. When we restructure the left prefrontal cortex, when we restructure the attentional spotlight through regular meditation, the different way in which our neural traffic travels through our left prefrontal cortex results in the insula, the amygdala, and the hippocampus in the subcortical brain tuning up in a way where they become cordant rather than discordant coherent rather than incoherent or if I can stick with the orchestra analogy they begin to play a beautiful symphony the soundtrack of your perfect life 
what actually happens as a result of regular meditation and the coordination of these key parts of the doing brain is that the insula, the amygdala and the hippocampus are restructured in a way that enables our traffic travel through these parts of the brain, which used to be called, before we had neuroscience, the fear, motivation and reward pathway of the brain. The reward pathway of the brain, the part of the brain where we're motivated to do what we need to do, and in evolutionary times that was largely out of fear, to be rewarded, in other words, survive in evolutionary times. These parts of the brain's neural pathways are broadened by up to 1000% in diameter, and the insulation surrounding these neural pathways is doubled in thickness, so that the passage of neural traffic through this part of the brain becomes highly efficient in a way that enables these parts of the brain not just play beautiful music, but play beautiful music in such harmony that they sing together and enable you to do just what you need to do in each moment to get you to where is best for you. I've used that phrase before, and we've explored what I mean by that before. And the words that I've used are deliberate because... When you get into this way of being, it's not a way of thinking, it's a way of being. When you get into this way of being, everything just falls into your lap for you, not by magic, but as a result of you just doing the right thing effortlessly to move you forward one now at a time. As I've said before, the effort in anything that we do in life comes from thinking about anything that we have to do in life. It's thinking about doing something that creates the effort and the stress, literally creates stress and will kill you, as we said before, if you don't manage that. Just as an aside, hold on, before I go any further, don't worry about that either. You don't need to worry about managing your stress. As these parts of the brain become coordinated and play beautiful, harmonious music, they look after that too. You don't need to worry about that. But what I was saying was that all we need to do is turn up to the here and now and enable these parts of the brain, enable us to do just what we need to do to move us in the direction that is best for us, that is way better than anything we could imagine for ourselves. Because when we start going through a process of imagining stuff for ourselves, our thinking mind will always get involved. The part of our mind that has had us believe all of our adult life up to now that we have perceived inadequacies. The part of our mind that would have us believe that we are undeserving. The part of our mind that would have us believe that certain things are realistic and an awful lot of the stuff we would dearly love to have in our lives is unrealistic. All of that is blown away as a result of the way in which the insula, the amygdala and the hippocampus behave amongst themselves as a result of your regular meditation. We started this conversation today by talking about persistence, belief and synchronicity. I am not saying that persistence alone will get you there. We've covered that. The two key things that I want to home in on are belief, and we've covered that in relation to giving yourself new psychological snapshots, and synchronicity. We can afford to be as persistent as we can be 
if we are doing what feels right. That's the key difference between persistence in general and the point that was made to me in relation to the persistence of non-talented people. We can afford to be as persistent as we can humanly be if what we're doing feels right. Now, that comes from your gut instinct. It doesn't come from some madcap idea that regardless of the fact that I've two left feet and I am 25 stone, I'm going to be a prima ballerina. What feels right is confirmed to us again and again and again through synchronicity. In other words, the path forward to what is best for us is illuminated by our attentional spotlight, which shows up the synchronicities that take us forward one now at a time. Synchronicities are opportunities that we recognize as being apt for us to embrace in the context of us getting what is best for us out of life. If you are not experiencing synchronicities, but you're being persistent to the point that you are banging your head against the proverbial stone wall that I mentioned earlier on, you need to take a step back. You need to clear your mind and you need to allow your subcortical brain, your gut instinct, inform you as to what is best for you next to do. Some of you will have heard me recommending before an open question that we should all ask ourselves regularly before we go to bed at night. What's the next most important thing I need to do? If you ask yourself that before you go to bed at night, your subcortical brain, which is wide awake while you're asleep and whilst your thinking brain is asleep, will arrange the little ducks, get them in a row in your head, and you'll have an aha moment or something will occur to you to enable you move forward. Synchronicities are designed to enable us move again at the risk of repeating myself. The way we move forward is simply by being present. We don't have to concern ourselves with, as I said a few minutes ago, managing stress. We don't have to concern ourselves about tomorrow. We have to be present today. It is only today that we can be our best. It is only right now that we can turn up and having turned up, be aware of how our attentional spotlight, our gut instinct, is directing us today. Be tuned in enough and alert enough to be able to not just spot the opportunities that are available to us in this moment in time, but to create and co-create the opportunities that become available to us in each now as a result of and through our presence, and then be alert enough and tuned in enough to recognize the opportunities that are presented to us moment to moment as synchronicities or as opportunities that are not for us. Because life is full of opportunity moment to moment, but only the opportunities that feel synchronous to you are the opportunities that will enable you effortlessly do what you need to do to move forward, to experience the kind of life that you would love to live. To sum up, when we are in that zone, when we are tuned in, 
when we are experiencing synchronicity, when we are experiencing flow as a result of simply doing what we need to do to move ourselves forward, and we're doing it effortlessly. We are moment to moment, day to day, the very personification of persistence. Because the persistence that we actually need is the persistence and perseverance of being disciplined enough to turn up enough to each now. That's all you need to concern yourself with. Do what you need to do today to turn up today and leave the rest to your instinct, the part of you that knows best. And not only the part of you that knows best, but the part of you that knowing best will simply do the necessary to move you forward effortlessly. It is as effortlessly simple as that. You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough called To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit www.willie-dash.com 